Coming up, should the Red Sox have traded Chris Sale after their 2018 World Series and doing championship World Series tiers, National League edition, breaking it all down with Sully Baseball next. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my podcast, MillerThomas24, at myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for your personal account, or excuse me. At Creator Times 24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But now, let's jump into that conversation with Sully Baseball of Locked on MLB. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB Locked On Diamondbacks crossover as we do every single day or every single Monday or Tuesday. Oh, yeah, oh I'm tripping over myself, but you know, we're, we're, we're just going to keep on going. It's already been that kind of a week so far for your pal, Sully. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Over there is my co-host, Miller Thomas, who is the host of Locked on Diamondbacks. Weekly, we get together, we review stuff going on in the game of baseball, and things are getting very interesting as we have fewer games left in the season than they played in the COVID season of 2020. So this is a period of time where your opinion of a team's overall strength in a way doesn't matter anymore because there's so few games left to play that a great team could have a big losing streak, an okay team could have a big winning streak, and it could all mess things up. Hey, uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Millard, uh, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, follow my personal account, first of all, because we need more followers on there, at CreatorThomas24. Also, follow the show account. Just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks, both Twitter and Instagram, of course, on YouTube and all your podcasting platforms. And this is a big reason why we need to shorten the season, Sully, because like you said, the most fascinating part of the season is upon us. The 2020 shortened season was great with just 60 games. Let's shorten the baseball season because it makes it so much more fun and entertaining. Um, here's, where, here's where I will agree with you to a degree. Uh, okay. In fact, I have called for a shortened season. Uh, I think it's especially – I think you'll have fewer injuries provided you're not Chris Sale on a bike. Yeah. Uh, not boy, even a motorbike. I know. Just like a two-wheel bicycle. I'm picturing it being one of those old-fashioned with the big wheel at the front of him going around. Like you know, as someone – yeah, you know, I'm telling you, as someone who is a native New Englander who's rooted for the Red Sox all these years, 
I have to keep reminding myself. He was on the mound when they won the World Series. He was on the mound when they won the World Series. He had a great 2017. He had a great 2018. So everything that has gone wrong with Chris Sale, and believe me, a lot has gone wrong with Chris Sale over the years. Um, the reason why they acquired him was to win a World Series title, and he was a big part of that. Um, I wrote a blog post not long after the 2018 World Series where I said, trade him. Mm. Trade him now. Trade him before his arm breaks down. Trade him with his his value as high. Because I knew he was he was going to go through. Everyone on the planet knew he was going to go through a ton of injuries. He said, trade him right now with his value sky high. And you won't have to go through the heartbreak. And you know what? Every year has proven me right. Yes, he came back and pitched well a little bit down the stretch last year. But he wasn't effective in the postseason. And he wasn't a factor in 2019. He wasn't a factor in the COVID season. And he's not a factor this year. And I'm a big Chris Sale fan. I'm glad they made the trade. The trade worked. They got a title out of it. But if they listened to me, I just said, I right there, I said, his values never get higher. We all know he's going to crumble. He, this guy is not going to have the long, Smoltz, Glavin, Kurt Schilling career. Okay? He's going to break down Tim Lincecum's style. He's going to break down Brandon Webb's style. And we all know that's going to happen. So get the big, huge prospect for him now. And they didn't. And here we are. He fell off a bike. But how did you know he was going to break down like this? Because he was one of the most durable pitchers in baseball before all these injuries. He's quite literally had like five or six, 200 inning plus seasons. He had that violent motion that you just sort of looked at it going like he's piling up the innings and it's just going to catch up with him. It's just going to, and, he- and because he had the Tommy John surgery, but he's also had all these other, just like we saw today, like all these random freak injuries. So it's like part of you has been right in that sense, but it's also like injuries that are not even like baseball related, like just riding your bicycle and just doing leisure activities. So like to a point, you're right, because he did have Tommy John, but then he's also had all these other weaky, you know, freaky injuries also thrown in there. So I don't know. I, I feel like because he was so good, he was quite literally one of the best pitchers in baseball at the time of his contract. Like I would rather just have an ace on my staff. Maybe he breaks down the second half of the contract, but I'd rather have that ace instead of trying to trade him for prospects because look at the the prospects that the white Sox got back for chris sale would you rather have those guys or would you rather have had chris sale those three years when he was dominant for the red Sox? oh, so oh, I oh I, notice what i'm saying i'm glad they made the trade mm-hmm. and there's no denying the greatness that he had his first two years with the red Sox, and they're not winning that world series in 2018 without him i'm not taking anything of that away none of it I just, I, 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 I'll post it on Twitter, time stamped. I was saying, do you know what? His value is never going to be higher than right now. And we all know he's going to break down. And he did. Um, but you know what? Uh, you can only, uh, you, you know, I can only grumble so much. I think that he, he delivered a title for the World Series champion Red Sox. And, you know, it's the same reason I can never grumble at Josh Beckett. That's why when people were getting on him, during the whole beer and fried chicken thing. And he's this and this. Oh, well, he also delivered a world series title. So it gives me, I'm not against him. And of course I know I was, you know, mouthing off then I, I knew they weren't going to do it. I just think they should have. But yeah, spiritually, 
I would have hated that spiritual because he was like maybe the best pitcher in baseball, top three pitcher in baseball at the time coming off the World Series. Like you want to run it back if you're a Red Sox fan. I don't want to see my ace pitcher get traded right after World Series. So spiritually, I would have hated that move if the Red Sox ended up doing that. Oh, I, I totally agree. And Lord knows I hated the John Lester trade. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And you know what the funny thing about that John Lester trade is because I was living in the Bay Area when that trade happened. Red Sox fans hated that trade because they're trading away the homegrown ace of the team just one year removed from winning the World Series and thinking, this is about money. They can't pay John Lester. If you don't pay John Lester, who do you pay? Homegrown, loved playing for Boston, was, you know, won the key game of the World Series in 07, was the ace of the 2013 staff, Cy Young contender in 2014. If you don't keep him, who do you keep? And if you're the Red Sox, why can't you sign him? And so Red Sox fans hated it. Meanwhile, I'm in the Bay Area. A's fans hated it because they loved Cespedes so much. Mm -hmm. And the A's, who were the best team in the American League when the trade was made, got in the playoffs by the skin of their teeth with their lousy second half that they had. And they lost the wild card game in the classic wild card game to Kansas City, which in that game – John Lester never threw over to first to hold the runners on, and the Royals kept stealing bases at will at him. Let me tell you something. I've never seen a trade that both sides hated as much as Cespedes for John Lester. Um, Oddly, Cespedes was later flipped for Rick Porcello, who I'm winning his Cy Young Award for the Red Sox, (laughs) and was was really good for them uh, in the – playoffs in the world series in 2018 where they used him out of the bullpen a lot too but uh it was it was a wild weird move there yeah Um, and i remember back when the rumors were swirling about john lester one guy that was highly talked about maybe coming back to the red sox was will myers who's like a huge prospect at the time for the tampa bay he was like a top five prospect in baseball and at the time i wanted the red sox to do a move like that because i thought lester was a little bit older he was good but i never considered him like a number one true ace though he was more of a 1b number two starter that was masquerading as an ace for the red sox that you know performed uh, pretty well in the postseason so i wanted the red sox to go out there and trade lester for will myers and I'm glad they didn't because that's why you don't trade good established players for prospects because they usually don't end up turning out to be as good as you thought they were going to be. So that's why I would have hated the Chris Sale. To go back to what your original point, that's why I would have hated if they traded Chris Sale for a prospect because they could have done it for John Lester for Will Myers. That would have been a terrible deal, and Cespedes was a terrible deal anyway. So don't even trade well, your good player. That's the bottom line. Don't trade anybody. Keep everyone. Yeah, there. I mean, maybe. maybe I mean, look, at I said that at that time, and I've been yapping about it. I probably would have hated it too, but, you know, yeah. And you like, were right, so technically. I mean, technically, I can't it was. Right. But like, when you make a trade like that, you know, just sort of the, the gurgle and you feel in your gut just as like, oh, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And you just feel – Yeah, I mean, it must feel you – know, when you make a risky move, like when the Red Sox dealt Nomar, you know, that wound up working out in the long run. But just what it must do to your innards and your gut – and you just feel it in all your – you feel it in your belly, you feel it in your liver, you feel it in your kidney – and, you know, you probably, you know, you, you wind up uh, putting on weight and make yourself mm. in bad shape. And let me tell you something, it's probably do damage to the inside of your body. Ooh. And let me tell you something. I don't know if you know what the key to sustainable weight loss, but it's through the liver. The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. And do you know what? It's responsible for flushing out the harmful toxins, igniting your fat-burning metabolism. 
But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed food and constant exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers, all right? But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and ignite your metabolism. This is not a built Bar ad. This is Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract. And you know what? It can turn your body and your liver into a toxin-flushing, fat-burning machine. No more feeling tired, low on energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener to our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and natural appetite suppressant. Make it easy to say no to all those naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. Go to liver, getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free, and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. Well, you and I talk way too much about the Red Sox, a team that is, yeah. um, you know, they they know they're not going to do it. Um, but you know what? It's, there are some teams. I talked about this yesterday. The It was a foregone conclusion that the San Diego Padres won the trade deadline by acquiring uh, Soto. I had talked about that uh, assessments for Lester trade because it was the first time that a first place team had traded away one of their all-stars in season since the Cespedes for Lester trade in uh, 2014. And the Mm. next time it happened was Hader being traded to San Diego. And after that, the Brewers have, have fallen out of the play. They've gone from being the division leaders to they are, not a wild card team as of this recording. They've gone from first place in the division to uh, getting ready for tea time, T-E-E time or T-E-A time, either way. And since the hater trade. So, but you also had San Diego made all those great moves and they got clobbered by Los Angeles. And as of this recording, I don't know what they've done to, you know, we're recording this on the ninth. Uh, the Padres are in the middle of a five-game losing streak. They're only one game ahead of Milwaukee. And so these two teams that had a stranglehold and looked like they were, they were playing for home field advantage in the wild card round uh, suddenly are fighting for their playoff lives after making blockbuster trades. 
Yeah, and if you're like the San Diego Padres, you're like, we can't be doing this again. Because last year, if you remember at the trade deadline, they thought they were getting Max Scherzer. Ken Rosenthal was out there on Twitter tweeting out the, the Padres are closing in, and then the Dodgers, they swoop in. They don't only get Max Scherzer. You get Trey Turner, too. And they look at the second half for the Padres. Not only was it a complete meltdown, they missed the postseason, but I think them and the D-backs were within one game of each other in the second half. And we know the D-backs were fighting for that number one pick up until their last at-bat of the season. And now, look at the Padres this season. Big trade deadline winners. They had a great first half of the season. They were able to manage through injuries with Tatis like that. They actually performed a little bit probably above their expectation levels. And you enter the deadline, you get Juan Soto, you get the Josh Bells, the Brandon Drury's, the the Josh Haters of the well uh, of the world. And now you look at the Padres team and you acquired all that talent. And so far, it has not materialized into wins and basically hasn't even materialized into production because the Padres came and score runs right now. At the time of our recording this on August 9th, I don't think the Padres have scored in their last 23 innings like they basically acquired you and I Sully to go play for their baseball team because Juan Soto out of nowhere has turned into Mike Trout he's putting up great numbers but his team is still losing which is sad which is sad to say and now the Padres they're hoping that maybe they could right their wrongs once again because you fired um you know your manager last year you blamed him for the second half collapse and now mm-hmm. you look at the Padres team you added all this all-star level talent but here we go again is it going to be another disastrous second half season for the Padres that's a big question I'm watching out for yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm going to call it, it's the curse of Eric Hosmer. Ooh. They traded away Eric Hosmer. Maybe he was the glue. I don't know. How I still trade- got hurt? Yeah, may have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the other thing is that, give. first of all, I, I talked about, I was just in Philadelphia last week, and I'm going to be posting the episode that I recorded at Citizens Bank Ballpark later this week. The Phillies have won the games they're supposed to win. They're in the middle of a five-game winning streak, which has disrupted. You know, they they have put their flag into the we're a legitimate wild card uh, team. I mean, only only what three games in the loss column separate Philadelphia, San Diego, and Milwaukee at this point. So those three teams are going to be kind of bouncing around there. But you got to give credit to the division leaders, like mm-hmm. the. I've always said it's never the wrong time in the season to win a week's worth of games. Well, St. Louis, as we're recording this right now, are on a seven-game winning streak, okay, including a sweep of the Yankees. So it's not like they were playing. Philadelphia beat up Washington, and Washington's a minor league team. St. Louis swept the Yankees. You know, they swept a really good team. Los Angeles, they're on an eight-game winning streak, and they swept San Diego. So and the Mets, you know, it's not quite as impressive, but they're on a four-game winning streak, and they've won eight of their last ten games. So you got to give a lot of credit to the division leaders for putting distance between themselves. And look, it this is why you build up these leads, you build up the you know the cushion because you know you've got about what fifty-five some odd games left you can absorb a two or three game losing streak a lot easier if you throw in an eight game winning streak here, a five game losing streak there, a seven game winning streak here. The Cardinals have turned it around. I pointed out that they acquired Quintana Mm -hmm. and Montgomery, not the sexiest moves, didn't get the attention, but like the Braves moves that they made last year were the moves they needed to do. And think of, I thought St. Louis was going to be the team to acquire Juan Soto because they had so much good tradable talent that was close to the major league level. Well, now it turns out they made some good deals, putting themselves in position to win the division, and they still have all that young talent. And yeah. so they're, they are 
I think St. Louis is in great shape. And Milwaukee, don't trade your All-Stars when you're in first place because look what happened after you deal Hader. And they got swept by the freaking Pirates, for God's sakes. Yeah, and if you remember the Cardinals last year at the trade deadline, it was kind of a head-scratching deadline for the Cardinals because they acquired John Lester, a guy who we just talked about in the first segment, and J.A. Happen. It's like, why are you going out there and acquiring these 40-year-old veteran pitchers who are way past their prime? So this season, they went out there and got a couple of dudes who are still in their prime in Quintana and Montgomery, and those guys are actually having good seasons. Like, Lester and Happ weren't even good last year despite having, you know, a lot of experience. At least Montgomery and Quintana are actually good this season. And then you yeah. add, you know, because I think the pitching depth was really the biggest weakness for the Cardinals after Mikolas and Wainwright. I was like, I didn't love that depth. The Cardinals were one of the teams I thought should go out there and get like a Pablo Lopez or a Luis Castillo. Just go out there and get one of those starters. And uh, they didn't get an elite starter, but they got two guys that could be their number three and number four starter in the rotation added depth for the playoffs. And then you look at that lineup, like every week it's either Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt winning player of the week in the NL. Or or DeJong. DeJong smacked the heck out out of New York. Yeah, so yeah. it's like if you're the Cardinals, like all you needed was a little bit more pitching depth and you were able to get that this season with Quintana and Montgomery. Like this Cardinals team is legit. And meanwhile, you're, you mentioned the Brewers. Like they're trying to – they're going backwards in that division. Like whoever yeah. saw a division leader say, let's trade our all-star closer midseason because we don't want to pay him, you know, two years from now. Like that doesn't usually happen a lot. So if you're the Cardinals, you're like, let me take advantage of the situation we have because the other team in our division doesn't seem to grasp what's going on over here. Sully and I will be doing – championship tiers world series tiers for national league teams but speaking of winning championships and rings if you need to get a ring for that special someone in your life you need to head to bluenow.com because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenow.com blue now has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape size and clarity as well as setting style Blue Nile's Ben Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, just like her. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. One thing it also has shown is that the the Mets and the Dodgers have really shown that we're they're the the stars of this division. They've separated the, themselves. Yeah, and one thing the Mets certainly have done is in this season where they've had injuries. Obviously, they lost Scherzer for a chunk. They lost Degrom for a chunk. The Atlanta Braves have gone on several massive winning streaks to you know be biting at their heels, and just this last week. You know, the Braves came in and they had a chance to uh, beat up the Mets and the Mets beat them up. You know, the Mets wound up, you know, taking it to them. And all of a sudden, you know, there's if the Braves had swept the series, they would have uh, they would have taken the division lead. 
And instead, after the Mets slapped them around, the Mets are seven games ahead of Atlanta. Now, do you know how hard it is to make up seven games in less than 60 games? I'm especially when especially when the, a lot of those head-to-head games are already in the rearview mirror, you know? And, and so the Mets have put themselves in a position where obviously a lot of things can happen, but the, it will require a massive collapse, and they haven't had that. And now DeGrom is back. He's pitching well. Scherzer's pitching like an ace. Bassett threw a tremendous game the other day. Carrasco pitched a really good game the other day. And Diaz can't be hit. I stand by, and we're going to talk a little bit about you know, where we rank teams uh, in the third segment of the show. Uh, I think the Mets are heads and shoulders, the world, my World Series pick. With all due respect to Los Angeles, who is right, you know, maybe heads and shoulders may be a little too rough because the Dodgers are a great yeah. team and they have the best record in baseball. But I look like at the MVPs. but I look at the Mets pitching staff going, wow. They are, you're going to take a look at this team and try to beat them four times in, in seven games. I think the only way you can knock the Mets off at this point is to beat them in the division series because you're not going to beat them four times in seven games if two of those games are started by DeGrom and two of those games are started by Scherzer and one of them started by Bassett. It's insane. Yeah, I would do tiers and not just straight up rankings with these teams and say tier one, Dodgers, Mets, definitely in the National League. They're on the well, same Let's do it for the National League. Yeah, let's just start with the National League. So tier one, you got Dodgers and, and Mets. Yes. Those, right? Okay. Yeah. You want me to go through the whole National well, no, League? Well, right let's, let, let's, let's take a look at the, 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 the legit contenders. Yeah. yeah. And, and let's, put, let's put our money where our mouth is. Right now, oh. if the NLCS, I, w- I think the NLCS right now looks like it would be um, uh, Los Angeles versus New York. Yes. Okay. Year one for sure. Who do you pick in that game seven? Who wins? That's tough. Who's on the mound? If Kershaw's on the mound, I'm probably picking the other team. If I'm but Kershaw's honest. been hurt. You know, I mean, yeah. he'll probably be back. I mean, Kershaw will probably be back, but uh, Bueller's been hurt. So who's going to be on the mound? Uriah? This is why I'm picking the Mets. This is why I'm picking the Mets. But they're also the Mets. And we know they're I, I also believe in like the juju and baseball gods and like the mystic stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's something bad that happens to the Mets that just ruined their chances of winning the World Series as well. No, I think this is the year no. we give Buck. I think this year we give Buck his crown. I give I I pick the Mets. Again, LA could certainly win. I'm not saying they're chumps. I'm saying, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot at the king, make make sure you hit. Isn't that what Omar said on the wire? You oh, know, I but, love the wire. Yeah, you yeah. better not miss if you shoot at the king. Don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I just recently watched the wire like twice oh, in the yeah. last yeah. few months. Good I love show, the wire. folks. You know, I know you were annoyed by your friend saying always watch it. Turns out your friend was right. Uh, I would pick the Mets now. Of the other contenders, the the other wildcard teams right now, you have Atlanta, you have San Diego, and you have Philadelphia. Um. Oh, well, real quick. Do you still do you care about run differential? Because the Dodgers are still like plus 100 over the Mets. I don't care. Like, no, I, 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 I think that I, I throw that in the garbage when you're going to be you're not going to get a 200 run differential when you're facing Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom and no. Chris Bassett and Carlos Carrasco. You know, you're going to be Walker. two to one. Yeah, also they, yeah, they, yeah. Taiwan Walker is basically you'll be your long man reliever at this point. You know, He's I been mean, incredible he, this year. he would be he would be he would be the Cardinals number two starter. 
Jesus. And David Peterson has been pretty good this year as well. It's like their number six starter. Yeah. Even Trevor Williams, who's like just their spot yeah, starter. Trevor, yeah, Trevor Williams may not even make the roster. <laughs> yeah, he's got a 3-1 year array, like eight starts this year. It's insane. They got like nine he'll, starters. He'll get one mop-up appearance in the division series as a, as a mercy for him. No, I think the Mets, and of course they're hitting too. I think everything's going well for the Mets. I Obviously, LA is a great team. But I would, you know, head to head, I would pick, I would pick the Mets over them. Uh, and who would be the the David to one of those Goliaths? Maybe Atlanta. Um, yeah, I, I think, think if I would, I think if I was to do a tier two, I think I like Atlanta, St. Louis, and the Padres in my second tier. I think. Yeah, but you know the you know and Philly, I think Philly is sort of taking advantage of slumps by Milwaukee and San Diego mm-hmm. and the fact that they played Washington at the exact right time. It would not surprise me if Philadelphia became one of the wildcard teams because they are no. a talented team. I just don't see them going far. Yeah, I got Philly and the Brewers probably in my tier three of teams that are like fighting for a wild card spot, but probably not as confident in as like the Cardinals or the Padres or the Braves. Because I like those teams a little bit better on paper. I think they have a little bit of talent just because I look at that Brewers like lineup and they just don't have enough dudes for me in their lineup. They're slugging percentages up and down. Like the, the Christian Yelich downturn in his career has just been so disappointing. Like he's still a dude that's like 30 years old. He's not even old yet. And he's basically been like not very good the last three seasons. Of course, injuries has played some part, but I thought he was the best player in baseball those first two years when Milwaukee mm-hmm. got him. He was basically leading the league in every statistical category from average to OPS. And the next, the, the, after those first two years in Milwaukee, he's just absolutely cratered. So for the Brewers, I just don't think they have enough offensively. And you think about those years, what it could have been. I mean, the Brewers are one of the few remaining teams to have never won a World Series title. Milwaukee hasn't had a World Series championship since 1957 when the Braves were there. And, you know, look at it's he's given them some great memories. He hasn't delivered a ring yet. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for dime for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Part two with Sully Baseball of Lockdown MLB. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen of you know of the day. Make your second listen of the day. Lockdown MLB with our pal Sully Baseball. And tomorrow we'll be doing the championship tiers, World Series tiers for the American League teams. Talking about can any teams knock off the Yankees and Astros? We'll be talking about that tomorrow. I think I'll probably do a D back segment as well. Maybe you know seeing if the D backs have the best or not the best, but where does Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen rank as a duo among rotations in the National? league or maybe overall in baseball so i might start off tomorrow's pod with that before i jump into the conversation with silly baseball so you got to tune in tomorrow to find out and as always stay safe stay healthy deuces